Amen. Praise God. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We want to talk about the blessings of thanksgiving. And uh, I want to read this article. Of, it's called Stressed in America. It says, according to the findings of the APA's 2010 Stress in America survey, chronic stress, stress that interferes with your ability to function normally over an extended period, is becoming a public health crisis. Chronic stress, public health crisis. APA Chief Executive Officer Norman B. Anderson, PhD, says, America is in a critical crossroads when it comes to stress and our health. Part of APA's Mind Body Health campaign survey revealed impacts stress, uh, revealed the impact that stress is having on Americans' uh, physical and emotional health. Harris Interactive conducted an online survey of adults and young people ages 8 to 17, and their key findings include stresses up. Most Americans are suffering from moderate to high stress with 44% reporting that their stress levels have increased over the past five years. I don't know if you're in that or not, but 44%, that's a lot. Says they go on to say concerns about money, work, and the economy top the list of uh, most frequent cited sources of stress. Fears about job stability are on the rise, with 49% of respondents citing such fears as a source of stress. They also go on to say children are hurting. Stress is also uh, taking its toll on, on kids. Almost a third of children reported that in the last month they had experienced a physical health symptom often associated with stress such as headaches, stomach aches, or trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. In addition, parents don't realize their own stress is affecting their kids. Stress, anxiety, how do we get rid of it? What's, what's the answer to it? Let me ask you this question today. Have you ever been uneasy uh, because of feelings of fear or danger? Have you ever been there? Have you ever uh, gone through a time of mental, mental distress? Feel overwhelmed? Have you ever been extremely worried about anything? Again, these are, are all evidences of anxiety. Uh, feelings of sadness. Hopelessness, being powerless, fearful, having guilt or anxious, panic attacks, uh, discouraged, depressed, uncertainty. These are all effects of anxiety and stress. And so um, <clears throat> Satan loves it. You know, his, his statistics are up. He tries to bring anxiety and stress and fear. Jesus said that... The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. So we know that uh, Jesus is Jehovah Shalom, which is Jehovah, he is peace. Our Lord is peace. So he brings peace, he is peace. He wants you to be blessed, he wants you to be happy. In fact, the Bible tells, tells us that, uh, that God wants us to be happy in all things. But how do we go about doing it? In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, this is the 4 by 4 scripture, it helps you get through the, the tough times of life, at, uh, the Apostle Paul tells us some things, and he writes this during a very, could be a very stressful time of his life, 
when he's in the Philippian jail, he's in prison when he writes this passage of Scripture. And he says in verse 4 of Philippians chapter 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. I guess he just wanted to put that down to make sure that we caught what he was saying. Uh, verse 5, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's a wonderful promise. The promise of doing verses 4, 5, and 6 is verse 7, where he says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's take a look at this. Let's break this down just a little bit because we want to see the, um, the blessings of thanksgiving because really that's what this consists of here. In verse 4 it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. To re the word rejoice means to feel or to show great joy. So we say, well, okay, uh, I'm waiting for something to come along so I can feel great joy so I can rejoice over some things. But what you'll find is if you want to have victory over this anxiety, if you want to have the blessings of thanksgiving, then you need to rejoice by choice. There's a, we walk in freedom. We have a free will to make, uh, to make a choice. God has extended to us freedom, freedom of choice, uh, uh, free will. We can choose him or we can deny him. We know that. We have a free will to do that. But so within that realm of freedom is where we can make choices, and we are responsible for the choices that we make and uh, for the, the things that we do. We're held accountable there. It's a responsibility, but that's also the ability to choose a response. We talked about that last week. In this, this is where that when anxiety and fear come, and you begin to feel those things, the very reality of those uh, affecting you, then there's this, this domain, if you will, of freedom where we move to the next step, whether we're going to react to it or we're going to respond to it, and that's what we've been identifying the last couple of weeks as this freedom that we have, and that's where you can choose to rejoice. I want to see if I can borrow Miss Sandy's or my other little bottle of water down here about saying all my moisture out of my mouth. <laughs> Nothing worse than a dry preacher. <laughs> that pastor got sick, and his wife went to get the thermometer, and she got the barometer instead of the thermometer, and it said dry and windy. And she said, I knew that all the time. All <laughs> Rejoice by choice. So you can choose. How many of you uh, have experienced this before? Or maybe you don't really realize that when something happens, most of the time we just have an uh, unconscious reaction to certain things. And if we're not careful, we can get into just a complaining mode and we can see the worst in everything rather than seeing the best. And it can always come out, we can always have something negative to say about everything if we're not careful. Especially, it depends on who you hang around or how you were raised. But we've got to change those things. The old, old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. The Bible says, let this same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, or the word that's used there in the Greek for mind is attitude. So the same attitude that Jesus had, it should be in us. And how do you think Jesus dealt with anxiety? I never really see where he was 
people talked about him like, man, all he has to say is negative things. They always said, man, where did this guy come from? He, he speaks like nobody else speaks. He teaches like no one else because he, he said he speaks with authority. And that authority came by uh, because he, he made choices. He chose to prophesy into his future. He chose to speak into those situations and circumstances and to change the circumstances instead of allowing the circumstances to change you. People a lot of times say, well, how are you doing? Well, under the circumstances, I'm doing all right. My mom used to say, well, get out from under those circumstances and everything will be fine. <laughs> so rejoice by choice. Make a choice to rejoice. And uh, don't wait. Don't wait till things get better. And, and then, you know, because if you wait for things to get better, you'll probably be bitter before they get better. And, you know, we'll say, well, when such and such happens, then I'll be happy. And, and uh, when I marry that, the man of my dreams, I'll, probably, I'll be happy. And, uh, and maybe he says, well, when I... That, that not my choice woman, I, I'll be happy. And, and if I could just drive this particular truck, I'll be happy. And all this stuff we have, if we could just have such and such, that's when we'll be happy. All these things would bring us happiness because that's what we're told. That's what we're programmed to think. That's what the commercials are all about. They spend millions and millions and billions of dollars to try to convince us if we would eat this, drive that, dress like this, you know, be this type of person or whatever, then that's what will bring us happiness, and then that's when we can rejoice. Well, some of you have a long wait ahead of you. Don't wait. Don't negotiate. Lord, if you just do this, then I'll just praise you. You know, he does need our praise, but he's not going to negotiate with you. So don't wait. Don't negotiate. Rejoice by choice, you know. Uh, this... Rejoice f falls into the spiritual, to a category of spiritual weapons that God has given to us. He's given to us, you know, he says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not of the flesh, they're not of this world, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we know that we're, we have spiritual we weapons as prayer, praise, hope, and faith in the word of God. Uh, in the category under praise, this, this thing that we're talking about, rejoicing, falls under that category. So rejoicing really is a spiritual war a weapon that we have at our disposal. You can, you, know, you can use this spiritual weapon and you can literally change yourself. And when you change yourself and your attitude, you know what? The circumstances change. They do. I, I believe Satan brings circumstances into our life to try to oppress us and stress us and everything he can. And, uh, but we can choose not to react to those things but to take authority and take and, and act on them be proactive we act on them instead of allowing them to act on us so raise your voice and rejoice is really what we need to do you know that that's activating that spiritual weapon uh, that weapon that God has given to us uh, so again just looking at that don't wait don't no, don't negotiate raise your voice rejoice rejoice by choice so rejoice in the Lord always, the Apostle Paul said, and he says, and I'll say it again, rejoice. Verse 5, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I think the King James says, let your moderation be known to all men. Moderation, I don't quite understand that. The Greek word does mean there gentleness or meekness. And so let your gentleness be evident to all. What does that mean? When you're going through hell, don't stop. <laughs> Or if you, if you catch hell, don't hold it. You know, and don't let everybody see that you're, going, that you're all stressed out and that you're, you know, your anxiety is just overflowing to everybody, right? 
that's usually the way it is, is that we want to project our anxiety on everybody. And what is, you know, what we're catching, we want to shove off on everybody else, make them just as miserable as we are. Or more miserable, because if they're more miserable, then maybe we won't be quite as miserable. They teach you in life-saving if someone's drowning to be very careful because when you, usually if you have to go in the water to get them, they're trying to get on top of the water, so they'll grab you and they'll push you down to try to get up to keep their head above water. And you can't let that happen. You won't be any good to saving anybody if you drown. And so, you know, uh, when anxiety comes, we got to be careful. If we get too close, this thing will try to get us and sink us and drown us or somebody around, if if they're going through... Anxiety, they'll drown you to just try to just get a little, little bit above that. They want everybody to be miserable. But chill. Chill out. That's why, you know, what does this word gentleness mean? Huh? Chill. Be cool. Be calm. It ain't no big thing. That's the way we need to look at it. Let your gentleness be evident, evident to all. The Lord is near. If he's not a afraid if he's not worried about it. We don't need to be worried about it. Look to somebody and say, amen. amen. So he says, um, that's basically what he's saying. Be cool. Let Jesus rule. <laughs> okay? <laughs> he's near. That's what it says. That that's what would be the PDGV, Paul David Golden version of that. My <laughs> is, uh, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. That, that'd be chill out. And uh, the Lord is near, you know, so he's there. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse, eight, uh, verse 28. Jesus really states this, but it's, so this is first person coming from him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Okay, there we go. That's that 44% that those reports were talking about. But all of us really, when we get weary, when you've gone as far as you can go, you feel like you're just wore out. You ever been there? Some of you are there today. And says, and burdened, you just feel so pressed down. The pressure of the things that, that you've got to, to take care of and the things that are going on in your life, the pressure is just there. This is what it's talking about when it's burdened. This isn't any mild stuff. This is some pretty heavy-duty stuff on you. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I'll give you peace. So he says, then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Well, the yoke was what they would put together on the oxen, and, and it was a wooden device, and you put two oxen together. So uh, when you'd yoke them together, you have one that they would call like their lead animal, and so they'd put another one in there to train. And if it tried to get too wild or whatever, it'd be held back by the one that was the stronger, more dominant, and the lead animal. And so Jesus is saying, come on, yoke up with me and learn how to walk this walk. You go out here, you running wild and everything, you're not going to get it, but Come on, yoke up with me. Walk the way I walk. Do what I do. Learn from me. We're going to walk through these things, and it's, it's no big deal. He says, take my yoke upon me, upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart. So we've got to learn from him. And he says he's gentle and humble in heart. So we need to be gentle and humble in heart. So basically he's saying, I'm gentle. He said, I'm cool. <laughs> so be cool. <laughs> Don't you think Jesus is cool? He said, just relax, you know, just uh, take my yoke upon you, and you learn from me. Learn how I get through these things. I believe Jesus faced stress. Of course he did. Man. I mean, then just the opposition that was against him took him to the cross, even at those times. He was under control. 
when they thought that they were in control, he was up there praying for them. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. You know, he told us, he said, I could have called 10,000 angels down at any time. He was still under, in control of that situation. He wasn't allowing the situation to, be, to control him or to be all stressed out. So he says, um, take my yoke upon you. He says, I'm gentle and humble in heart. Calm down. <laughs> be cool. Relax. He says, I'm humble in heart. The word there for heart is it's the center or source of physical, spiritual, and mental life. It's everything. It's the center part. So he says, um, I am gentle and humble in heart. In my whole being, spirit, soul, and body, I'm gentle. I'm calm. I've, you know, I'm, I'm in control of this. I'm not you know, projecting fear, doubt, worry, anxiety on somebody else. How many of you know people that, man, their whole, within their whole heart, spirit, soul, and body, they're fearful. They are worried. They have anxiety. And when you get around them, you just feel it. And, you, and it's just, it just comes out of them, and they're trying to project it on you. you. Do you know anybody like that? So Jesus is saying, I'm not like that. So come on. Walk with me, learn from me, and you learn how to be gentle and humble in heart as well. Humble in heart, you know, uh, if you're not humble, you, you're it. You're the center of everything. Humility, and the word that's used there, it, it always reminds me, it's emptying ourselves out of ourself so that we can be filled with uh, something else. And it's like a toothpaste container, you know, you roll it up, squeeze it all out until there's none left in it, and then it could be filled again. Well, we're supposed to be, you know purged completely out like that old toothpaste container so that God can fill us then with the new. Humble means that we're not focused on ourselves or our situations, our own situations, not on ourselves, but upon God. So we humble ourselves. We can do that. We, we do it through prayer. We do it through petitioning him, through praising him, through worshiping him, through giving thanks to him, honoring him. So Jesus is saying, I am gentle and humble in heart. Uh, I'm calm. I've emptied myself out. Physically, I, I've, put it, I've given it to the Father. And uh, so he says, you learn from me. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So your mind needs to be calm as well. Calm your mind. Chill out. Anybody ever told you to chill out? Then you were kind of having some anxieties going on there. You need to tell yourself, chill out. <laughs> Speak to yourself. Um, you know, our mind handles our thoughts, and our thoughts affect our behavior, and our emotions. So our mind needs to be at ease. We need to have the same mind that Christ had. We need to have that same attitude that he had so that you know, our, our, our thoughts and our behavior uh, is, is gentle. So people say, man, you know, how do you do it? How, you, with all these things that are going on in your life, how do you just remain so calm? Well, you know, I just trust the Lord. I just... The Bible says, cast your care upon me because I care for you. That's what we do. We cast our anxiety. This is a better translation for the word care. Cast your anxiety upon him because he cares for us. And when you give it to the Father, you don't have to worry about taking it back. The problem in our Christian living is, is we give it to God. We give all these things to God, but before we can turn around, we're taking it back. We're going to worry on it. Some people don't know how to do anything but worry. Hello, say amen or oh me, one or the other. If we didn't have anything to worry about, we wouldn't have anything to do. <laughs> so some people, that's just kind of their life. You know, they, everything centers around that. That's their source of discussion is what they're worrying about. I just don't know about this weather. I don't know what we're going to do about this weather. 
So now the weather's controlling you. That's what they make rain suits and umbrellas for. I mean, you know, don't worry about it. What difference is it going to make? Whether it rains or it doesn't rain. You just don't have to go mow the grass. That's a good thing, <laughs> you know? I mean, you can find something good in everything, right? I mean, if you can't pay your bills, that's a, you know, just be glad. You can rejoice. Be glad you're not one of your creditors, you know? <laughs> Thanks. That'll, you'll get it in a minute. It, it's coming. I mean, there's always something you can find good in. That's what, you know? Amen. In Matthew, uh, or, or he goes on to say, the Lord, then the next thing that the Apostle Paul is saying is, the Lord is near. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of, this, of the age. Jesus is always with us. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, is how the, the Bible identifies it. He's uh, there for adversity. He's there for difficult times. The Lord's near, so what do we have to worry about? The Lord knows what you're going through. Why do we get so stressed out and just nobody knows the trouble I've seen? We just start singing those old songs. Jesus knows. The Father knows. Now, he chooses not to get involved unless, unless he's invited to get involved. And so that ought to give you a clue to something. He's with us all. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. You need to memorize that verse where it says, so we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. The next time you get all stressed out about something and you think that there's nothing you can do about this situation, then fine. Then say, you know what, the Lord is my helper, I shall not fear. I will not fear. Now, that verse, Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, where... Jesus said, uh, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Then let's look at the PDGV. <laughs> Here's how I would translate that or paraphrase it. I would paraphrase it like this. If, uh, if you've gone as far as you can go and you feel overwhelmed by the pressures in your life, come to me and I will give you rest. Walk with me step by step and learn to do as I do. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about the things because I've given them to the Father. He and his purpose is all that matters. Everything else is just small stuff. If you learn this and do it, you'll find rest for your anxious thoughts, the pressure of the overwhelming things to, to be accomplished, and feelings of fear and discouragement, you'll find rest for your soul and all these well, verse 6 there in Philippians chapter 4, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, that's a pretty inclusive verse right there. He says, Do not be anxious about what? Anything. Well, what does that mean? That means anything. When you put anything in the Bible, it means anything. So when you find yourself worrying, and we're just prone to do that, when you find yourself starting to worry and fret, then say, wait a minute, I'm not to be anxious about anything. He says, but in everything, so in everything, he says, and he clarifies this, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
Now, remember I said God is waiting. He won't interfere. He won't intervene in this domain that he's given us dominion and authority over until we invite him in. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. That means whatever we prohibit here on earth is prohibited in heaven. Whatever we loose or permit here on earth is permitted or loosed in heaven. So he's restored to us. He's, Jesus said, I've given to you the keys of the kingdom. So we've been restored to dominion and authority, and God allows us to function. He wants us to, to oversee it all and to, to be over it all once again, back in that form as he had created Adam to be in. And so he chooses, once he delegates authority, he, he chooses to step back and let us do it unless we invite him in and invite his help. Hey, and that's a good thing. I mean, what else do we need? If we can't handle it, all we've got to do is ask for him. Call upon him. There was an old song, kind of a gospel song, is it call him up, call him up, tell him what you need, or tell him what you want, something like that. Call him up. Well, we need to do that. So he says, be not, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything. He says, by prayer and petition. So, you know, pray. Now, let's get ready to invite him in. In everything, when, if, where we're feeling anxious, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything that would bring us anxiety, what? By prayer, by petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In everything, take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to him in prayer. You know, not to some other person, not to your Facebook page, you know, don't take it to your neighbor over the fence. What was that Tim Allen used to have his neighbor? He'd talk to the guy and never saw his face. Who was that guy? Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> you know, when you're feeling anxious, don't take it to Wilson over the back fence. Don't take it to your Facebook page. Not to some counselor, but to the Lord. That's who he says to do. Take it to God. You know, Paul counsels us to take everything to God in prayer. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. That's basically what he's saying. Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. We're, to, we're just so prone to, to pray about the big things. But what about the little things? Take everything. Did you catch that? Everything. Oh, well, you know, I don't want to bother the Lord with these little things. Well, little things become big things. The Bible talks about uh, the little foxes spoil the vine. You know, the big fox would come through the, grape, the vineyards and to the grapes, they, would, they could reach up and they could eat the grapes. But the little ones, the little ones, they couldn't reach that far. So what they'd do is gnaw the, the vine at the bottom and then the vine would fall over and then they'd eat. Well, what they did is they destroyed the whole vine. Or the big fox, they come through, they just ate some fruit. But the little one, it destroyed the whole thing. Sometimes those little things can, they can ruin you. So... Pray about everything. He said, bring it all, everything uh, to the Lord. And so those little things uh, grow up to be big things if, we don't, if we're not careful about it. Because you get a whole bunch of those little things, and then all of a sudden we feel what? Overwhelmed. We feel burdened again. Anything that concerns us and is making us anxious, taking it to God is the first step toward victory over anxiety. So anything that's starting to bring stress to you before it begins, becomes worse, take it to the Lord in prayer. By prayer, prayer describes the, the believer's approach to, approach to God. It's an attitude, not an activity. Because we're, we're to pray always. It says, um, 
you know, we're, we're never to cease praying, so how can you do that? It can't be a posture of physical activity. No, it has to be an attitude, an attitude of prayer. So be in an attitude of prayer. So in other words, don't despair, go to prayer. Don't let anxiety pull you down. You know, and don't let these little things continue to build up. Go to him in prayer. More is accomplished by prayer than any other spiritual resource that we have. It's, in fact, prayer is the greatest unused resource that, that, we, that we have. Whenever we find ourselves worrying, our first action ought to be to get along with God, have a little talk with Jesus, you know, get along with God and pray with thanksgiving. You know, as we discover his will and we pray in accordance with his will, we are setting up circumstances of supernatural intervention. Don't you realize that? When we're praying, according to his will, we're saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's how Jesus taught us to pray. So we are then setting up the circumstances that we're going to function under rather than living under the circumstances that we have now. If you don't like your situation or your circumstances, change it. Speak to it. Say, well, that's just easier said than done. It is. It really is easier said than done because doing it, can't, it's difficult. Why? Because we have to maintain this attitude of rejoicing and calmness and, and chilling out while everything seems to be falling apart. But that's okay. It's just the small stuff, right? Don't sweat the small stuff. And it's all small stuff. <laughs> so just, just give it to the Lord. 1 John chapter uh, 1, I believe it is, or, or 5. Let me see here where that is. 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence, John says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I used to say, yeah, he heard me, but he hadn't done nothing about it yet. <laughs> then you have to slap yourself and say, no, wait, what are you, what are you doing? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, he hears us. And so if he hears us, then we know that, you know what, he can handle it. Sometimes I think he hears, it, he hears us and he's just wondering if we're going to take it back or if we're going to keep worrying about it. If I, you know, delegate something to Tim and, you know, it's an electrical issue and I delegate it to Tim, he says, okay, pastor, I got it. So I'm not going to come out, oh, man, I just don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. It's this electrical problem. Tim comes back around and says, what's the matter? I just don't know about this electrical Pastor, I got it. I already fixed it. I already got it taken care of. What you worried about? See, how do... How many times did we do that with God? Talk to him in prayer and we just gripe, complain, whine and, you know, and all we can and just, uh, and give it to him. And then we've told him that. And so then we go out and we do the same thing to our neighbor and we whine to everybody else. And well, we didn't really give it to him. We just told him about it. He heard us, but I think he's waiting to see if we believe he's going to take care of it. That's where faith comes in. So when you know he heard you, then that's when we ought to have faith that, okay, he heard it. It's in his, it's in his court now. I'm not going to worry about it. It's up to him now. It's his responsibility. I gave it to him. That's God's responsibility. Right? I mean, you've got to believe it because that's the way we have to act. That's the attitude we have to have because that attitude then, we have to keep going. It's like when those tugboats come through the, the bay down through there and they... You know, they're pushing the, those big old um, tanker things that they have out there, whatever they are. Man, they leave this swirl and a wake, and they can go on past, but that, that wake will stay there for a while, right? So you go, sometimes we're going through the wake, you know? So it's going to keep on going for a while. 
You don't just turn those things around just and stop them just instantly. So some things, it's, it's catching up with us. T works down there on, on the, the port and sees that stuff all the time. You know, it just, it moves. And big old propellers down there, they just keep that water turning for a while. Well, your turbulence in your life has turned up some things, and even though it's gone past and you've given it to the Lord, it's still going to be awake following it for a while. So just chill out, wait for it to pass. Amen? And he says, though, uh, he says, with prayer and petition. What's the difference in a prayer and a petition? A petition is, it's appealing to authority concerning the cause. It's where we appeal to our authority, to God the Father, with a cause. Well, we have uh, an appeal here. It's written out in his word, so we can, we can take that word and then we can, as we pray the word, you, maybe you've heard people say that they're praying the word, really in a sense, the way I look at it is I'm making a petition, and it's based upon this word, this fact that I have, and the authority of that word is God. And so I'm petitioning him that he uh, send an answer according to the word. And so we pray, and then you, we know, it, we, we know it's, it's, it's settled in his word, so we petition God with that, and then we thank him for taking care of it. That Thanksgiving is a big deal, and it's not just a holiday. <laughs> Thanksgiving is not just turkey and dressing. Thanksgiving is a way of life that we can rejoice in the Lord always. And Paul said, I'll say it again, rejoice. Come on, have some thanksgiving along with this thing. Thank God. And when we thank him, we in a sense are really lifting him up. We are praising him. We are exalting him. And, and we are evidencing to ourselves and to others that, hey, he's above all these things. He's got it taken care of. And he's already doing it. And when we Pray and with prayer and petition with thanksgiving is saying, you know what, we've given that. We're thanking God that he's heard my prayer. I'm thanking him that he knows that the petition is based upon his word. He's got it taken care of. I'm not worried about it. I'm thanking him. Thank you, Lord, that you're already handling this. I rejoice in you that this thing's going past. It's going on by. I'm coming out better than I went in. I'm above and not beneath. This thing's not got me down. I'm on the top. I'm the head and not the tail. Amen. And you tell yourself that. Speak to yourself. The Bible says speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And so you can even sing to yourself. And it's great, except for that person sitting next to you at the traffic light. They think you're crazy. God loves it, you know. With, with Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is an attitude of gratitude. That's the easiest way to remember it. It's just having this attitude of being grateful for what God has given us and what he's going to do and how he's going to uh, come in and, and interact with us in these situations and circumstances. He's in charge now. You don't have to worry about it. He has shown up. He says, I got it. Chill. Chill out. I got it. Be cool. Don't worry about it. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, always. Everybody say, always. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were in Africa. We had to eat some food that was, had to be identified as food. I remember our son Timothy went this one year and we were getting ready to eat. And he kind of looked over at me and says, Dad, you really do have to pray over your food here, don't you? I said, yeah. You pray that. That is not going to 
have any ill effects on you. But the other thing is that you can be grateful. Lord, I am so grateful I don't have to eat this every day. <laughs> Lord, I am so grateful that this is the first time I've ever had this, this meal, and I'm grateful that I don't have to have it again. Except for when we were visiting the churches, they had this certain thing that they make up. It's a, kind of a stew type thing, and they put all kinds of stuff in it. And one of the primary things, the, the most coveted piece of this stew is the chicken gizzard. And I want to tell you, they have some big gizzards over there. <laughs> and uh, I think it was an ostrich gizzard or something. But by the time we visited like six different churches and I got honored every time, I just said, Lord, I, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> These people are so thankful that I'm here, but I want to honor someone. <laughs> so I just want to honor you, brother. I want to give you my... The gizzard that I have here, I, I'm just so thankful God takes care of me and you can have this, you know. Wow. I've, I've really, really, that scripture has worked in me when it says giving thanks to God the Father for everything. It's like for everything, Lord. And I mean, when you start to really try to live that out, I mean, everything seems to be really, really, you know, multiplied in your, in your vision. Even that I have to be thankful for? There's a, yeah, you can find something how to, some way to be thankful for it, like I said a while ago. If you're broke and can't pay your bills, be thankful you're not your creditor. I mean, you know, you can reverse that thing and you can look at it in a way that you can be thankful for. Try to do it. If nothing else, it'll amuse you. <laughs> Keep your mind off of all the things you, that you would be worrying about, right? You have to trick yourself. You have to play smart. Listen to the 34th Psalm. The psalmist writes, Psalm 34, verse 1, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Now, there's a challenge for you. Verse 2, my soul, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions, my soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Those that are afflicted, those that are... Now, when they hear you rejoicing and giving thanks to God, maybe they'll rejoice. Well, if God can do it for them, he can do it for me. That's why that you should let your, your gentleness, your moderation be seen by all because when they see you going through this thing and that you can have that particular type of response, they say, well, you know what? Then maybe there's hope for me when I go through this thing. Verse 3, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Man, Rejoicing and thanksgiving ought to catch, it ought to catch on to all of us. When one person, have you ever noticed it? It's like when one person is kind of happy and they're rejoicing, it, it kind of adds to it. I mean, other people start to rejoice. Same way if somebody's griping and complaining and it just passes on down. Guy went to work, his boss was all upset because his wife had chewed him out. The boss, his wife, chewed out the boss. So he went to work. So what'd he do? He called his secretary in. He chewed her out. What did I do? She didn't know what she'd done. Well, and so she said, well, great. So here she's working, and the guy coming by delivering the mail, boy, she just chewed him out. And so he thought, well, what did I do? He goes down to the mail room, and the guy down there sweeping up and cleaning up, he just chews him out. What did I do? I just chewed him out. So that guy, he didn't have anybody to get on to after they're at work. So he goes home and he just, the cat runs through, he just kicks the cat. <laughs> you know, pass it on down. 
Well, you know, it would have been a lot simpler if the boss would have just kicked the cat and everybody in between would have been all right. They wouldn't even have had to go through all that, you know. But isn't that the way it happens? Somebody spills on us and we're going to spill off on somebody else. No, change, turn it around, rejoice by choice, you know. So he says, I sought the Lord and he answered me, verse 4. He delivered me from all my fears. Seek the Lord on these things. He will deliver you from all of those things that are bringing anxiety upon you. And it's all happening through this attitude of thanksgiving or attitude of gratitude. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul tells us in verse 16, be joyful always. People say, why are you so happy? Because the Bible tells me to be. Be joyful always. Some of you are coming up a little short in that area. (laughs) Be joyful always. Pray continually. So it's got to be an attitude. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So if you think that, that nothing else is going according to God's will, at least you let the will of God flow in your life by what? Being joyful always, praying continually, and giving thanks in all situations and uh, circumstances. Then you say, well, at least I know God's will is working through me. And you can begin to speak that into your circumstances and let the will of God be done. Praise God. The, then the ver, verse 7, the last verse in that passage, it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, goes beyond all understanding, will guard, say guard, will guard your hearts. What does that mean? The Greek word there is to garrison around, to, to guard your hearts. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart, will set a, a garrison around your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow! Nothing's coming through. Nope, not letting that pass. The peace of God is surrounding me and keeping me. It's guarding me. Anxiety's not coming here. It's not getting through. Boy, that's why we need to do those first verses, 4, 5, and 6, so that the peace of God can guard our heart. When the exhortations then of, of those verses, like I said, 4 through 6, then we can count on the peace of God that transcends all understanding, that it's beyond man's ability to even comprehend. That's the peace that's going to guard us. Hallelujah. So, stop your anxious living and enjoy the blessings of thanksgiving. Rejoice by choice. This is a little review. Don't wait. Don't negotiate. Rejoice now. Praise him now. Raise your voice up. It's, and use that weapon uh, that is given to us. And that's praise. That's thanksgiving. It's rejoicing. You know, chill. It ain't no big deal. You need to get these one-liners and write them down. Maybe it'll help you when you go through some difficult times, you know. No need to fear. The Lord is here. I'm trying to help you. I mean, right? He said, that's what he said. The Lord's here. The Lord is near. So, hey, there's no need to fear because he's right here with us. Amen? And then we find out through that passage, be cool. Let Jesus rule. Come on, y'all. Did y'all miss all those? Did you miss all those? I know I said it. So I want us to pray this morning because I know that I know how the, the enemy, Satan, the one that Jesus said is the thief.